Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and we're doing a little something different this episode. We decided that once a month or so, we're going to put out a bonus episode that is a show highlighting endeavors from independent filmmakers. Whether that's short films or feature-length stuff or whatever, um, it's probably stuff you haven't heard of, stuff from people who are looking to get more eyes on their creations. Um, But if we are talking about it, we think it's good enough to discuss and for you guys to go check out. Um, Some of the stuff you'll maybe hear more about in the future, too, by folks who will you know, be making more stuff or maybe these movies will get a wider release. Um, yeah. So we won't spoil anything with these episodes. We'll just talk about it. We probably won't even do a rating. We're just going to discuss what we like about it, a little bit of background on it and tell you where to find it. We'll put the links to where you can find it in the show notes and everything. And, you know, when we talk about these films, they might vary on a production value scale, but, um, like I said, we're not going to talk about it unless we enjoyed it and think that you might enjoy it. Uh, And for those of you feeling like you've watched everything available to stream, this is a great way to check out something new. And we won't spoil it, like I said, so you can listen and then go check it out. So we'll learn a bit as we go here tonight with kind of a new format, but um, anything else before I mention what movies we're going to be discussing? No, I think you nailed it. All right. (laughs) I wouldn't say nailed it, but we got there. (laughs) But um, So anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about one feature-length film and one short. And the feature-length film is titled Intrusion, and the short is titled Fried Berry. So we'll discuss the feature-length first, Intrusion, and then after that we'll move on to Fried Berry. Um, And for Intrusion, we're honored to uh, play such a big role in this. We kind of got a sneak peek at this before it's had kind of a wide release. So um, we're kind of breaking the news on this one, I think. Right, Ash? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this movie came out like a year ago, and I I think uh, the director is planning to do a bigger release uh, this summer. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to be talking about it right now. All right, cool. Uh, Yeah, so this is Intrusion. It's written and directed by Jesse Lowell Anholt, starring Emily Morris, Brian Hamilton, Maxwell Duane, and Jesse Lowell Anholt. He stars in it as well. Um, So the synopsis is, and I love this, this... the premise for this movie because I'm really interested by this historic event it's based on. Um, In 1987 Chicago, four friends reminiscing about the hijinks of their youth decide to pull one last epic prank that turns their lives upside down and this is based on a real life occurrence known as the Max Headroom Incident. Had you heard of this Ashwin? I know you've heard of it because we've discussed it on the show but I'm (laughs) guessing it's probably gone from your brain. Yeah, immediately after we record shows, it's, everything's gone from my brain. <laughs> it's just plop. Yeah. That's everything falling out of your brain. Exactly. Uh, glad that's over with. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and do you remember what episode, was it like Videodrome or something you mentioned it on? I think it was Videodrome, so in your defense, that was like two years ago. Okay. Yeah, but outside of that, I'd, I'd never heard of it, and after that, I'd never heard of it either. But uh, how, how did you even know about this incident? Um, I, my favorite podcast is called Stuff You Should Know, and they did an episode on this. Oh, cool. There, there aren't a lot of details out there about it. I mean, did, did those guys have more intel? You know, I haven't, I should have gone back and listened to that episode, but I think very little is known about it. Like, so basically for the listeners, in November of 1987, two Chicago TV stations had their signals hijacked 
two hours apart, two occurrences. The first one was a 25-second signal interruption during the WGN 9 o'clock news, and then two hours later, there was a 90-second interruption during a broadcast on WTTW of Doctor Who. To this day, nobody knows who did it and what the footage was that interrupted what you should have been seeing as a viewer in Chicago in 1987 was just this dude in a goofy Max Headroom mask, and we'll get to who that is in a second, kind of rambling nonsense with this weird corrugated metal behind him moving back and forth to make it kind of look like a wavy, snowy screen. And his his voice is really distorted. The sound is horrible. And he's just like saying nonsense. And it's so stupid, but it's also really disturbing. <laughs> Did you watch the real live thing on YouTube recently? No, I don't think they have the live video on YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's there, and it oh, is just cool. odd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the way they depicted it in this movie, it looked like really odd and uh, disturbing. Like, what do you think viewers would have thought in in the eighties seeing this? I would have been frightened. <laughs> was, I would have been four years old. Yeah, and scared shitless. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would have thought like the world's ending or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, even as a grown adult in 1987, would you just assume that whoever has control of the airways has the authority? Like, yeah, which is kind of a theme in this movie, uh, right? You know, it it would it would shake you, I think, to see that. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, and that's what's really interesting the the tie to authority in like the media and and what we see, and yeah, that's a really interesting right. angle of all of this. Um, so the dude, the mask he's wearing is a character called Max Headroom, which was a fictional artificial intelligence character from a made-for-TV movie. And I think some, like, he was featured in some other movies or TV. I think there was even a TV show based off of it. I was confused about the history of Max Headroom. But I think maybe he was most known to the general public for his, he was featured in an advertisement for Coca-Cola. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, you've never seen him like on a show or anything, right? No, it looked familiar to me. Like I'm sure I've seen it referenced somewhere else, but I wasn't super familiar with Max Headroom as a character. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, but anyway, they never caught the person that did this that that intruded on the broadcast. So I would highly encourage everyone a to watch this movie. Uh, as of our recording, you can find it on Vimeo um, by searching for intrusion. But if that changes, we'll, we'll update it in the links to the, in the show notes. But before you do, I would go to YouTube and watch, just search on YouTube, Max Headroom incident. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Uh, did you feel like, um, the, the, what you saw on YouTube of like the actual incident, uh, versus what you saw in this film is like pretty accurate depiction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They took, they took care to get it, get it right. Nice. Um, yeah, so right away when I heard the premise of this movie, I was intrigued because it's just such an interesting real-life event, and to make a fictionalized version of it, um, and as Jesse explained it, like, for anybody, all anybody knows, this could be the truth of how it really happened. <laughs> you know, I, I think I misread the comment because I, I thought this was the truth, like he had, like, done all this research on it, and, like, this is what he's found out, and he's, like, putting it out. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I misinterpreted <laughs> This is just, like, yeah. kind of one. <laughs> he. He's not breaking to the world the truth of how this happened. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense, which which I love. Like the, I love when directors kind of go back, take something that's happened historically, and uh, yeah, reinvent it or show how it could have been different or what might have happened. Uh, like I, I just saw in Glorious Bastards, which kind of does that. And uh, mm, yeah. Right. Is, is that like a genre, like revisionist history or something? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could pick out some movies and, and put a little subgenre on that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very creative approach. Yeah, I like the approach a lot. Um, so this is um, a found footage movie based on someone holding a video camera in 1987 and kind of a psychological horror maybe based on one of the characters is really going through a psychological journey. Yeah, that's what I would call it too. You're kind of like watching this one character kind of deteriorate and like take on this uh, persona that ultimately doesn't end well for his friends. Yeah, like none of the movie is trippy itself, but uh, but this character, it's kind of a character descending into to madness in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I thought uh, like this movie had a lot of similarities with. Um, like a movie like Henry or so, where like where you're kind of just following around like this individual or group, and especially like it taking uh, place in Chicago. Uh, did you, did you get a lot of vibes like Henry vibes watching this? I didn't. Port Henry portrait of a serial killer. Yeah, I didn't. But that's interesting because it almost did have kind of like a day in the life feel. Like there right. is a story like centered around this event, but it it's kind of more. It's almost maybe more character driven than plot driven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very slow plot and I feel like most of the movie is based on dialogue between the characters and kind of watching this guy slip into insanity. Right. Yeah, and um I'm impressed with how much dialogue is in this movie. Like Yeah. And it's a low budget movie. There's not many different scenes or settings, so that's kind of necessary, but um I, I th- still think they make the dialogue sound pretty believable for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the feels, characters as well. Right. Yeah, it kind of feels natural, like four friends sitting around talking, uh, reminiscing on like pranks they used to pull, of plotting a new prank to do. Um, yeah, that felt like pretty relatable. And uh, Ed, the guy who is kind of like um, descending into madness throughout the course of the movie, he really is believable to me because I know a guy. <laughs> Who, I mean, he's like an extreme version of the guy I know. It, yeah. The guy I know has the same politics as Ed. Holy shit, I had that um, in my notes too. I, I know a guy who's just like this. <laughs> yeah, like somebody who's like uh, not necessarily a conspiracy theorist, but just like super paranoid Yeah, and very much into like every waking, like it's almost like every thought in their head they're framing through like how is the military industrial complex like <laughs> yeah fooling us right now or like what what is their end game and right i don't know i'm yeah, having so a hard time describing it but i, I know a guy who, with politics just like that yeah man me, me too like someone's like coming after us all the time or something or this was like a big brother like an alternative motive uh going right. on in the back uh yeah hopefully hopefully we're talking about two different people that'd be weird <laughs> yeah you don't know the guy i'm talking about all right not from Ohio. Uh, no, actually, I'm. T- oh, yeah, I think I might know who you're talking about now. Okay. <laughs> Do I know the person you're talking about? Uh, I don't know. You might have met him. There's some, sometimes uh, they've been around. Okay, then never mind. It's probably you would know that I know this person. But yeah, the guy I'm thinking of was from Chicago. Um, yeah. And I don't okay. mean it as an insult to that guy. But it was it was interesting to hear his his beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that part because made it, like, like it's blue. kind of, tr- it, it's like people like that are extreme, but they're also like grabbing nuggets of truth, but yeah. they, then they just can't let go of that nugget of truth. Right, they kind of like fixate on it and take it to like the extreme. 
Right. Like if Ed's like main, one of his main beliefs in this movie is like, if he can control the media, then like he's got all the power. Which I think was like pretty accurate for like 1980s, right? So like I imagine pretty early on in like broadcast television and a number of channels that, well, I guess television had been around for a while, but um, I feel like uh, th- th- there was that element with technology that like the media corporations are controlling it and controlling people, right? Sure. And I mean, it, you could argue it's still that way, but the local news was something that everyone sat in front of and that was kind of the end all be all. It's not like we all oh. got our news from a thousand different places. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot more centralized. So yeah. Then. Yep. Right. So yeah, it's, they really yeah. did have a lot of power. Yeah, it did. Hey, would you consider uh, this then almost like a techno horror film? Um, I hesitate to say that because I feel like usually techno horror has something where the technology itself is. Oh yeah, plays a like primary role in the horror. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe loosely. Yeah, no, yeah, you're saying it's just kind of more secondary. It was more of like a vehicle they used uh, to do this. Well, and I think yeah. you're right. It is more about like the individual and his uh, downward journey. Yeah. Um, what else did you like about this movie? I, I mentioned the characters and how believable they were and the dialogue. Yeah, I liked uh, the graininess of the shots. Uh, I think they really like took the found footage and made it seem like this was like actually shot in the '80s, and they were pretty consistent. Like you know, anytime in the background you would see a car or something, uh, they stayed pretty true to keeping it in that timepiece. And then the quality of the video also added to that '80s feel. Um, and then uh, yeah, I thought the mask uh, that the, the actual mask that they used was was pretty frightening, which would have been the same mask that these guys would have used, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not the exact same mask, but it's, it's pretty close. At least yeah. I think it's not the exact same, but who knows. Got it. Um, yeah, it is, and it's very much like, it may even be off-putting to viewers at first, but it's very much like a found footage would be in 1987. Yeah, right. When those, as like, far big... as the quality of the picture and everything. Yeah, and you can just imagine like one of those big clunky cameras being walked around. Yeah, with the VHS in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I, I thought it was a kind of a cool tribute to Chicago too. It um, referenced like a lot of old Chicago politicians and um, the city back then too. This was kind of neat. Yeah, and to to go on more of what you said earlier, for being such a low budget production, they did do a really good job of like keeping things from being uh, anachronistic. Like you didn't really see much that wouldn't have been, you know, there wasn't like a CD player in the background of a shot or anything <laughs> that I noticed. Yeah. A CD player. I'm, de- <laughs> I'm like 15 years in the past myself. But yeah, like you said, you don't yeah. really see anything that would make you believe it's not 1987. Yeah, right, which is kind of a big feat on its own. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, we won't spoil anything about these movies so because we want you guys to check them out, but I legit had chills at the end. I really dug the yeah. ending. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, that, yeah, ending kind of catches you by surprise. And then I, I feel like you get a lot of uh, scenes in this one, too, of just uh, the guy, Ed, like kind of talking to the camera. And I think his like whole character arc and the way he portrays himself, uh, I actually thought like his acting was like pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I really liked his his performance, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everything that like spilled out of Ed, like his performance, the dialogue and everything... It really like made sense. Like the ending never felt like a jump in logic. Like it all just felt like the the logical ending of the scenario. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It felt very real. It did. Yeah. It kind of like played out in like real time, 
felt like pretty believable in terms of what happened. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we wrap up the intrusion discussion and move on to the fried berry short? Uh, no, I, I think it's a cool movie. Anyone who like loves uh, historical things and found footage uh, and yeah, kind of like the, the psychological element of, of uh, people um, that I think this movie would be worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. I would encourage anyone to go see it. Find the link in our show notes. And it's only like, what I think it was like under 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty quick viewing. So yeah, check out our episode notes for the link to Intrusion. Go check it out. And now Fried Berry from 2017. This is a short that's only three minutes long. Uh, directed, written, and produced by Ryan Kruger, starring Gary Green, just one actor in this. And in this three-minute short, a strung-out heroin addict is tweaking out in a warehouse after his latest hit. And we'll put a link to this in the episode notes, too, but you can watch this on friedberry.com, or you can search for it on YouTube. But I would go to friedberry.com because there's other great info there. And, Ash, this is going to be a feature film, too. Did you see that? I did, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, They're kind of, like, extending this out. um, And kind of, like, they've built a whole storyline behind Yes, right, like something to do with aliens. Yeah, yep, and I, I say going to be a feature film, but it is a feature film. We just can't see it yet. It uh, had its U.S. premiere at the CineQuest Film Festival in San Jose, California in March, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be playing at the Fantasia Film Festival in August in Montreal. So I'm not sure when the it will be widely available to the general public. We're just going to be talking about the short in terms of our review, but... Uh, I want to get people hyped for that feature film too because I think it's going to be good. And this, I, I get the impression this would be the first feature film by uh, Ryan Kruger. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, and there's some hype around it. I mean, it's getting a lot of good, uh, good hype building from these film festivals that it's been a part of. And the short itself has earned 59 official selections and 13 awards at film festivals across the world. This is a South African film, by the way. Mm-hmm. I can't say the only South African movie I think I've seen was District 9. Oh, that's Did like the famous one? one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and that was even that was a co-production between South Africa, US and New Zealand. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't either. Yeah. Uh yeah, does South America have a, or South South Africa has got a pretty big film industry? I'm not so sure if they do or not, but Mm-hmm. It, it seems like this is kind of a big deal for South Africa. But I'm not totally sure. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I don't think there are many movies of this genre getting coming out of there that are getting like worldwide audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's kind of uh, and it, so yeah, it's kind of crazy that like a three minute film uh, like captured so many people across the world, got so many awards. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean this one. Maybe you've heard of it before. I hadn't heard of it. I mean, it has a decent amount of views online. And mm-hmm. I mean, there was enough buzz around it to generate interest in a feature film. Yeah. I hadn't heard about it before until you mentioned it. So one of the most interesting things about this is that Gary Green, the guy who plays Barry, is not a trained actor. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he had like background as a stunt actor and an extra. Oh my god. So it sounds like him being in a feature film was like a pretty big jump. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> right. Wow, what a what a career to, uh you know, that's like growing huge right off the bat. Yeah, but I wouldn't have thought that, man. The the performance was great. And I know, it's like yeah. Like 3 minutes which is all him. I know. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much uh time like yeah, the whole movie is him and then uh he's just like able to carry it just with all like different movements and never like feels very repetitive or anything. 
Yeah. So what this is, listeners, is just like a three minute trip. Um, and he's kind of like losing his marbles and it's a little bit like hallucinogenic too. There's some visual effects on his face and stuff like that to make things go a little bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that stood out to me were the sound design, which I thought was really great. Yeah. And the editing. And it sounds like, it looks like the, uh, there's some overlap in the like editing and, and sound design teams that are going to be on the feature film too. So oh, okay, I think we cool. can expect more of that. Yeah. Yeah, the sound sounds uh, really interesting. Sounds uh, and yeah, the editing. Are you talking about like the quick camera work, like going from the face yeah. to like his whole body? Yeah, this is really. It was out. all very jarring, but not overly done, in my opinion. Uh, not yeah, exactly right. It felt like a good balance of like just yeah. kind of like shocking you really quick without like being too well polished or anything. Right, mm-hmm. there was a a specific shot where there's three of him in the frame all at one time, and they're all doing different things. Yeah. And it really gave me the heebie-jeebies. This dude really has a way of, like, moving and contorting his face that is pretty effective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was kind of disturbing to watch. Like, part of this, uh, would you say, like, any of this kind of falls into body gore or anything? Yeah, I kind of, like, thought of this short specifically as psychological horror. It sounds like the feature film wouldn't really be in that little subgenre. Right. But, yeah, maybe a little bit of body horror, too. Yeah, because cause, yeah, the, the whole the whole uh, film is just kind of him, uh, yeah, shaking, puking, uh, get like yeah, his body getting contorted. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that, that that shot too. It's it's crazy because yeah, he's so much. He's got such range there. Sure, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see uh, to see him in the feature. I know it's really interesting to go because like this three minute film is basically they, there is no like story, is there in in this film? No, it's not. It's really just kind of like his trip. Yeah. And Yeah, there's no story. Yeah, right. Just just a guy kind of like uh what do you think like on drugs or something? Yeah, I think it was a heroin. I feel like I saw that somewhere in the in the background info that it was a heroin trip. Yeah. Yeah, he's a heroin addict. That's in the, Oh, okay. The like log line of the movie. Yeah. It's it's crazy that like they're adding in like this whole kind of story for the film. I'm I'm going to be I'm really interested to see how like uh, this overlaps with what the film is. Yeah, that's interesting to me. It'll be cool, like knowing what the short is like to see how they they put a narrative to it. Yep, yep, yeah, okay. really neat. Uh, did you catch like they would uh, splice like imagery of like kids, flowers in between like images of him, uh, like tripping out or whatever? Yeah, I've never tripped on heroin, but I assume that was just kind of like stuff he was seeing, maybe flashbacks from his past, or just like he felt like he was connected to the whole world or something. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Some some Can hard I go stuff. Do some heroin now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> and then like ending with him just like puking on. Oh yeah, I guess I don't want to spoil it, but there's a puke scene <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can spoil a three minute short like this, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, def- definitely some gross parts. Yeah, yep. It it achieved its goal. It was it was fun. It's a great way to spend three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it hits you pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would encourage your listeners to go to fredberry.com and check that out, and then keep your keep your ear to the ground for when this feature film. It's going to be titled Fredberry as well. Is going to come out for for um for the average viewer who is not who's not going to a film festival. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. 
Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on this. And De- definitely a director to watch, and uh, I think his background was like uh, music videos as well, so it's, it's kind of cool to see him going from that to this movie and now to a full feature. Right, yeah, I feel like he had like 100 music videos to his name. Oh, cool. Do you know any of them by any chance? I didn't look into which videos they were. Yeah, I couldn't find a list. but And I don't know if they were U.S. artists or, or South African artists or what. Right, right. Yeah, same. But uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pumped, man. Pretty hyped to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. I am genuinely interested. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that is all. Go check out Intrusion and Fried Berry. Um, yeah, I don't know how to wrap up these episodes. Ash, we'll do our normal. Find us on horrormovieclub.com. Social links are there, Facebook, Twitter, and the Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. You can check her out on Etsy.com. Just search Amy Mae Popart. And that's all one word if you're, if you're searching for that and can't find it. And until next time, don't do heroin and hijack a television station. <laughs> I like it. That's good.